The Sports Career Podcast, episode 241. What are the benefits of taking career risks in the sports industry? Hello Sports Achiever and welcome to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in how to pursue a career in the sports industry, particularly in the business sector. I hope today's episode can support you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Amelia Milovanovic. Amelia is a former professional tennis player and currently now the brand activation and Olympic manager at Bridgestone, which is really interesting where she specializes in the activation of Bridgestone working with the Olympics with regards to the Tokyo Games, which is super exciting. And for that reason, it's such a pleasure to have Amelia as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Amelia is going to share her sports career journey and explain to you the benefits of taking career risks in the sports industry. Amelia, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please you share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Thank you so much, Ed, for having me. I'm really excited for this discussion and, and to have a, a, our podcast together. Um, where it all started, I think it's a, it really all started before I, I was even born. Um, I come from a very passionate family, uh, passionate about sports, uh, passionate about having fun in all kinds of ways. Um, but uh, yeah, my, my family is uh, coming from soccer players, from uh, swimmers, from uh, tennis players, they've, they've played all kinds of sports, so I think I was born into this, so, uh, so it was quite natural to, to just follow their path and uh, uh, the sports journey with them. Out of interest, what, did, what sports did your parents play out of interest? My, my father was a, a soccer player, um, my mom was a sports lover, I would say, and I, that's why I said that my family, they're all sporty people, some better, are better at watching than playing. <laughs> and. Uh, Coming from from soccer and, and this is where I also started uh, was a, was a soccer player little when I was little and uh, but yeah one day I watched Roland Garros and my love for tennis started uh, started there. Amazing! Can we talk about your tennis career and like you said you've got the spark with some inspiration but what inspired you to sort of go right I'm going to be a professional tennis player when was that moment out of interest? Um, it's uh, there are. Quite a few moments. Uh, the first one uh, being that I was born uh, during the final uh, in 1889, in 1989 with uh, uh, Chang and Lendl, where uh, I don't know if you know, recall, where Chang uh, had to serve underarm. And my mom was watching, was watching this final and um, she didn't want to go into labor because she wanted to watch the end of this game. So, so I was raised uh, listening to this story hundreds of times and um, and until one day I, I watched TV and Roland Garros was on and I thought 
as the atmosphere was really nice. The players were, were nice, looking well dressed. So quite inspired by that, and I, I asked my my parents to stop playing. And uh, one thing led to another, and and things went really fast after this. And I think I was quite good when I started, and uh, this is uh, how how then I I could really. Um, keep this journey going and uh, and led me to where I am today. I want to touch a little bit on this because I said to you before when we first ever got connected on Instagram, like tennis was a sport. For me, it was very similar. I had a VCR, like a tape of uh, Pat Rafter versus Ivan Ivanich at Wimbledon, the semi-final game. And I think the other one was uh, McEnroe in his finals as well. And that sparked me playing in Mallorca on, on the clay courts. And as I said to you, the French Open's my favourite when I was younger. And, you know, I was playing team sports and individual sports. Were you playing any team sports at a young age or did you just focus straight on tennis from, from a sort of journey perspective? I'm just intrigued. I started with soccer. Um, I started with this, uh, but I quickly realised that... Uh, I actually like to have everything under control on my own. And, uh, and I think this is why tennis was the best choice for me. Um, but yeah, I started with, with a team sport, uh, but quickly realized that actually I was better on my own and actually competing against, against uh, players rather than having them in my team. So does that mean you take credit of the win, but you also have to take the acknowledgement if you don't win, if that makes sense? <laughs> Yes, I think uh, I, I, as of a young age, I think this is this is really where the, the choice was made. And uh, going back to how I grew or how I was raised is uh, my parents always started to compete against uh, others to get better. Um, and uh, and uh, my sister was my biggest competitor in everything I was doing. And uh, rather than seeing us as a team, we really compete against each other to um, to really try to grow in this way. And, and I think this is where it all comes from. Just from a business standpoint, we're going to talk about your business career, but how important is healthy competition reflecting with your sister out of interest? I'm not sure about healthy uh, because indeed everything is a competition. Uh, used to be indeed a competition. And I, and I think I learned the hard way or as growing up a, a bit older that uh, healthy is also important uh, and respecting your, your opponents. Uh, but I think truly this is what made me who I am today and uh, really trying to, to get the best out of me and always to persevere, although I was not always winning, um, but trying to find ways to win uh, in the correct possible way. Um, but uh, yeah, res respecting others, that was also a, a strong part of, our, um, of the way they raised us. Uh, trying to follow the rules uh, as well. There was ne never cutting corners uh, in, in at home, so uh, that was the same way on the court. Um, and it can, I think that's also very important for for my business career today. Now, I just want to paint the picture because I want to fill in the gaps. You've sort of started the tennis career. I know you've gone to college as well. Could you just sort of fill in the gaps from your tennis career, doing college, and then what you're currently doing now? Because for me, this is really interesting and. For a lot of athletes, I think they can learn from this part of your story, which I sort of know already, but I'm going to give you the mic. Yes, so it's, uh, I actually feel like I had many lives uh, already, to be honest. And um, I would say the, the, the school part was always a tool for me to be allowed to play tennis. Um, there was always this rule at home where I could only play tennis, whether it was training or playing a match, if I had uh, good grades at school. Um, so that was the only only way I could play. So I always used school.
school as a, a tool to be allowed to play and, and, and live for my passion. Um, when it was, uh, I, I was indeed in, an in the Pace Academy in South of France for, for many years, and they had these options once you graduate from high school to be able to go to the States uh, in, into a, a university and play uh, in, uh, in the tennis team, in, in a division one or two school. And it wasn't my first choice, to be honest, um, because I wanted to be a pro tennis player and go on the tour, uh, but due to some injuries at the, at the wrong moment, uh, I would say we always, uh, this tool came back, or this discussion for this tool came back, uh, and, uh, and I was allowed to, to join a school in, in the States, and uh, due to, to, to my scholarship, and follow uh, an academic uh, journey as well as uh, joining a, a division one school. So uh, although it wasn't my, my first choice, um, again, here, the, the fact of using school as a tool to allow me to play tennis at the highest level uh, was, uh, was a key part. Just from an, like an educational standpoint, you've said it a few times it's a tool. Just for any young athletes who are on this similar journey like at this period of their career, like what benefits from the educational side has supported you looking back now? I know your passion was on the tennis court at that period, but looking back now, how has it supported you? Bigger picture, not just hitting a ball across the net, if that makes sense. Completely makes sense. Um, really what, what has helped me looking back is the structure. Um, what I learned on the court uh, is actually what helped me off the court. On the court, you have rules uh, to respect, uh, you have results to get, and it's the same at school. I would have not been who I am today without my journey and, and especially my college journey. It was hard to accept that I would have to put my tennis career on the side. Um, as, as a young athlete, I think you want to reach the best uh, and you, you hardly um, accept the reality sometimes and you, keep, you still want to push, uh, push forward. However, following this college degree didn't stop me in my evolution as a tennis player. Uh, in the other case, actually, it helped me um, to be more structured and have a planning, knowing why I was uh, waking up every day. And again, what happened in the States is, uh, is the system is so well done because I had the same, um, I would say, um, schedule as a professional athlete. I was still going to the gym every day. I was still training so many hours a day. But I was also uh, studying, and, and this studying part kept me, I would say, out of um, trouble. And uh, kept it is true because for some kids, you know, they train, and, and then it's hard to. There's a lot of free time, uh, which here was actually uh, used to to study and, and learn every day. So uh, I was very, I'm very grateful for, for this experience, and I could only recommend it. So just with regards to structure, I'm going to dig deep on here. Is this like building a good routine? This is goal setting weekly, monthly with regards, not just your, your like tennis goals. I mean, just goals each week of what you had to accomplish. Is, is that what you mean with structure? Yes, indeed. It's, it's about having a, a routine, but also understanding that there's other things than just tennis in life. Uh, understanding that the world is bigger than uh, just your own tennis world uh, and, and learning about actually how does a, a business work or how the people that are not sportive, learning a lot about different cultures, about different ways of living. So indeed, and having, having a routine was, was very important for me. Indeed, if, although you, you might not be always very structured, the studies and the fact that you, go, you had to go to class, uh, 
if you would not go to class or if you, you would fail a, a, an exam, you could not train. Again, this was my tool uh, to be able to uh, continue my, my, my sporting journey. So it relates to self-discipline as well. Completely. Um, I, I, I was going to mention it a bit later, um, but what I learned on the court helped me so much of, uh, of the court and, and I could be the, the most working person on the court. Course, uh, I had to become that person also of the course uh, to be able to, to follow uh, academical paths uh, and, and graduate as well. So what did you study at college? We haven't mentioned that yet, I better ask. Yeah, so I, I studied business, uh, economics and finance. It was a natural choice uh, because also is a, I like numbers. I didn't really think about what I wanted to do with this, uh, to be honest. Uh, I just thought I, I liked it, so I would just... Uh, I will just go for it. You know, when you're 17 years old, you're not sure about what you will do uh, later in your career. Uh, but it was uh, it was a natural uh, flow at that moment. But to be honest, I do something completely different today. Yeah, I want to mention this because uh, I don't think it's just being a 17-year-old. There's a lot of 25-year-olds a lot of, like who just don't know what to do with the study. So really quickly, you said you did economics and business. Did you just pick it? I don't want to repeat yourself, but because you were interested in the in the topic, like as you said, you didn't figure out how you're going to apply it. But looking back now, have you, with regards to those studies, looking back? I, I would not say I really had to choose it. Uh, it was the best option because it's the school that I wanted to choose. And, and this is the, one of the majors that they had. And it felt natural for me. Uh, but looking back, it was quite a wide uh, topic that it can be applied in any, uh, in any job uh, today. I really learn about business in general, what it is. Most of my family members are auto entrepreneurs, so it's, you know, they, they're all in this world and also I, I only saw them working in businesses, in their own businesses, and I knew one day uh, that I will follow this path as well. Cool. I, I just want the listeners to realize that that's the learning lesson, that you don't have to have it all figured out, and that's why I asked that question. Um, now we want to move on to this chapter, what you're currently doing, but I had a lovely conversation with you on WhatsApp for the first time, and we sort of shared our tennis journeys. Yours was a lot more accomplished than mine, but the one thing we shared in common, which I'm actually now with COVID coming down in the UK, I can't wait to get back on a tennis court, but I said to you, I lost the love of the sport. And you sort of said you had that in your career. May I ask from this part, like, how was this a wake-up moment to go, actually, let's try something different? Because that's what I had to do. For me, it was podcasting. For me, it was just exploring different options and Basically, in my eyes, I thought my career was just going to be a tennis coach, which nothing wrong with that as a career, but I knew that wasn't for me. So would you mind just sharing this period of your life from you'd lost the love, but it actually sparked new opportunities from it, if that makes sense? Yes, completely. It, it, it happened for me where I, I lost the love uh, of tennis, not the love of sport. I'm always so passionate about sports in general. There is always sports on TV. I'm always... Uh, if I can join any any sportive activity, I'm the first one. But I love the sports for tennis. Uh, I must say, after so many years of training so hard, of uh, being injured, of uh, you know, it, it's not an easy journey. They say uh, being uh, active is being healthy. Well, being a high level sport athlete is is also very it's very hard uh, to be honest on your body. They're tired a lot. Um, but yeah, I love, I lost the love of the sport, very frustrating, not being able to accomplish uh, what I want to accomplish or reach the level I want to, uh, to reach every day. So it, it became very frustrating. Um, 
it, it took me some time uh, to get back on the court, uh, trying to find some pleasure again. It's still quite uh, difficult uh, to be honest, but I use this for something else. I was mentioning earlier what I learned on the court to use it off the court. And this is where I am today, where everything, the love of the of sports in general uh, helps me where I am today. And really, I, I, I'm the biggest competitor still today in no matter what I do, but I, I use it off the court uh, more than on the court. So just reflecting on that point, would you say that's the biggest thing tennis has taught you, that self-competition in every aspect of your life? Sorry, it's just you sparked that question right now in the moment, and I can see it in your face reaction as well. The passion side of things. It is. It, it, from the beginning of this discussion, it's all about passion. And truly, that's what I do today. Everything I try to do, I try to give it a sense. And I think we mentioned when we had this WhatsApp discussion is why I started, I start something, why I do something. It needs to make sense for me. In order for it to make sense, it needs to speak to me. And that's what will make it sustainable. Uh, in no matter what I do today, I still run, bike, and people ask me, why do I do that? Because it does make sense. It does make sense for me. And this would be indeed my biggest advice for anyone. Whatever you do, if it speaks to you, if it makes sense to you, it does not need to make sense for the other people around you. But as long as it speaks to you and you have a reason why you want to do something, which might not be the same reason of why somebody's joining the same team as you, but you have your own reason and just follow it. And I just want to follow up just for, because I've had this discussion, which I'm about to mention on my show a lot of times about athletes of what to do next after their career in different areas. Could you just share that moment when you sort of put a line across the sand and you decided to venture because you had a passion for the Olympics, like we're going to talk about this now, but for young athletes who let's say had to like yourself had to like actually tennis is not going to be a career what's next what guidance tips would you give i know you just did just then but just for them specifically because it saddens me when i see great talent and they go to a dark path like they they do activities that not in their character but it's because they haven't had the guidance of support uh, because they've lost their real love of that sport but it's been stopped due to retirement or injury so could you just provide some guidance on that side of things i wish i had the, the answer that would work for everyone i can just tell you what worked for me it was a very stressful moment but what i did to the end of my career uh, in the states i actually started a countdown until my last day and my last match i started a countdown so for me it was that moment i knew i had to make a transition what happened is that I knew I would not define myself anymore as a tennis player. I always defined myself for over 15 years as, as, as a tennis player. But this was the moment I could not define myself anymore as that person. And, and I understand it can be hard for someone making this transition. What am I now? What, what am I worth now? If people can't call me uh, a tennis player or basketball player, uh, no matter the sport, how do you transition to something else? Because that's all you knew how to do. Uh, very well. What do you What do you do now? It took some time. Uh, again, I, I did a countdown, uh, closed the chapter. What am I gonna do now with my life? It, it, it took some time, and, and I decided to take some risk. And uh, I started working in Paris in a completely different uh, world. Where uh, I, I joined a, a company who has uh, uh, five restaurants in, in Paris, and something I was not able to do before because um, you know when when you're younger and playing a high level. You cannot go out. You cannot. Uh, you don't have so many friends outside the court. Uh, but I wanted to join this company. It was fun. Uh, I needed that. But actually, 
it brought me much further than I thought it would. It was supposed to be a fun job. Um, I actually uh, managed uh, those um, those restaurants uh, because, yeah, I was a hard worker and I, I wanted to actually be good at what I was doing. No matter what I was doing, I wanted to be good. Uh, I also started my, my own company on the side on, on uh, business development. So it was, uh, you know, still trying to be the best no matter what I was doing. Actually, very fast, the love for sport came back. Um, and I think we'll, we'll transition soon to the Olympics. But uh, this is how, how I dealt with this uh, period. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you made me smile. Like, really quickly, what did you learn from that restaurant experience? Because I my first job was working at a restaurant as well. In a Lebanese restaurant, I had to learn the, <laughs> all the menu, which is all in Lebanon. And it got me out of my comfort zone. And I kid you not, I'll probably learn more about communication and my communication skills look in a restaurant than probably like in business networking events or, you know, I know everything's online at the moment, but I, I look back and working in restaurants, I, I really do promote it to students because, or working in bars because you're always, you know, improving your communication skills. So I'm really intrigued at just looking back again at your time with at, at that work with that company with regards to those restaurants. It was my best learning experience, uh, I, I would say, because indeed learning to, to communicate, whether it was with customers or with staff, or uh, I was managing people that were twice my age. It, it was it was quite quite impressive dealing with budgets, dealing uh, with uh, staffing, with people not showing up, with unhappy customers or happy customers, and uh, and indeed the, the communication skills really really were was an important part. But also I was. I realized there was something else in life. I could also use what I learned, uh, again, coming back always to the same point, what I learned in sport, trying to, to be the best in what I was doing. And, and I was also always accountable for what I was doing and the decision I was making, which was the same thing on the court. Um, so I think people really liked that, the fact that I, they could count on me, maybe a bit too much. This is the, the other part of it, but uh, they could indeed count on me. They knew I would always give it all. and, and uh, and which made it that it was a really, really um, successful uh, experience for me. Okay, so moving forward, thank you so much. I'm loving this conversation. And I want now to get to your current, you know, where you are now, like particularly a business journey. I find it really interesting and very inspiring, to be honest, as well, because what you when you started like the Olympic side of things, could you just paint the picture to the Olympics and then to what the current work you're doing now at Bridgestone? Well, the, the Olympics, I think it's, uh, it speaks to a lot of people uh, in the world, whether you're a sport lover or a, you are an athlete. Um, everybody, or I, I think, I believe that a lot of people have Olympic memories, whether it's an opening ceremony, whether you think we've all uh, had some tears uh, watching the Olympics. And, and for an athlete, it is, it is the greatest event on, uh, on earth. So, uh, Yes, I, I've always grew uh, watching watching those Olympic Games and crying so much and hoping to be there. Uh, I actually uh, had the chance to participate in the Olympic Games for a small space because I was uh, I played for Monaco, uh, which is a small country. So I had the chance to three times do the tour around the around the stadium, as they say. So uh, this was uh, I was very very proud proud of these of these moments and. Uh, very happy of the medals also I received. It's probably my, my, my proudest moment. But uh, it's, it's something else. Uh, playing for your country and, uh, and seeing all the other countries, it's, uh, there's no better event, I would say, for, for, for an athlete. I learned uh, how my transition went to the Olympics. Uh, I actually worked for 
Paris 2024, the BIS committee, so they were not elected yet. Um, and uh, I was working in Paris, uh, just what I was telling you about my experience uh, at the bar. And I found out that Paris was thinking about being candidate to host this, the, the Games in 2024, completely jumped on the opportunity in, in 2015. And uh, I had the chance to join the team. Uh, we didn't have offices yet. Uh, we had no computers, no... It was a drama, but an amazing drama. Um, really, it, today it, it became the, the, um, the organi organization committee. And they, it's huge today, they're working very well. But at the beginning, really, it was, it was really a startup. Uh, a startup, and it was quite an amazing journey. We were doing everything. Uh, you had to either uh, uh, build a budget or order tables or um, working on press releases. The, first, the beginning was, was chaotic, but amazing, amazing, amazing journey. And, uh, and when we won uh, the right to host the game in 2017, uh, yeah, we had to go to, go to Peru and, and we, we won this. And it, it was uh, yeah, winning the games for your own city, your own country was, uh, was an amazing moment. Earlier in this conversation, you said about it's good to take risks. Could you just explain from that example, that's a positive risk? Because that is phenomenal. Could you just elaborate on that previous point you mentioned? Because there's a great example just then, but I just want you to reflect on what I've just said, because what a risk, but what a reward at the end as well. It is a good thing when it, has, when it, when it goes well. But I, uh, I think m my friends and family, they often hear risk. I always say risk is opportunity, but it's true. I, if you don't take any risk, how can you expect something different than what you have today? Um, I think today we live in a society where things go very fast and, and you have to reach out to opportunities or to create them. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to take risks. I understand that it's not easy for everyone especially in these current times where we all from home and, and it's hard to access to more opportunities. Um, but I always say risk is opportunity and if you don't take a chance, you don't give yourself a chance for something great to happen. Well, I want to touch on as well before what you're doing at Bridgestone, but I have to ask, what have you learned with regards to your mental strength during your career? Going back again to the risk, it's you need to be strong uh, mentally to, to be able to take those risks such as you are on the court. When you take a, a risk for a shot, you're also taking the risk to miss that shot. Maybe it's the most important shot of the, of the game. Um, but you have to take it and, and you have to be strong mentally for, for those moments and, uh, and also uh, work-wise. So if you, if you want to take risk and be able to give yourself a chance to, to succeed, you have to be mentally strong and understand that things might not go your way. And uh, I'm... I will say something that is can, it's also hard for me to accept is the fact that you can't control everything. And focusing on what you can control um, is it, really where your priority needs to, to lay on. What you can do to give yourself a chance. I'm saying this, but it, it, it's hard for me to accept that I cannot control everything. But I have to accept that. I actually have to accept that. And I'm working very hard on this. Uh, but mental strength also helps me today uh, in my in my professional and and personal career. On everything I do, I, I think I'm I'm trying to be strong mentally to to work on the mental aspect because it, it's crucial. Absolutely, and I'm learning this from you right now. That's why I asked that question because you just come so positive. I hope the listeners could hear the vibe in your voice, Amelia, just from your experiences. And with regards to what you're currently doing, could you just share your role? 
and you know how did you get this role at Bridgestone like this is a huge company they're big in sport in the sponsorship world like when did that opportunity arrive in your career journey and what have you learned from the experience so far? So um, I was indeed in the in the Paris 2024 uh, committee, Olympic committee, and um, and after three almost four years there, um, I I was actually looking for for to grow uh, in in uh, and uh, open myself to uh, to the market I would say, and trying to to take risk uh, as well because I wanted to keep on growing and. Uh, and that's where I got the, the opportunity at Bridgestone. Uh, Bridgestone is a, is a Olympic, uh, top Olympic partner. So uh, it's one of the 13, 14 brands in the world that can associate themselves with the Olympic rings. So uh, it's, uh, it's truly a blessing that this opportunity uh, came to me. But again, I created this opportunity in the fact that I opened myself uh, for this. Um, I was um, very excited to, to join the, the brand activation team. So uh, they are in charge of all the Olympic um, activations. So uh, we are working with amazing Olympians. Uh, and and uh, when I knew it made sense for me is when I, when I found out about the name of the Olympic campaign, which is called Chase Your Dream No Matter What. Full of sense, I think, for, for a lot of people. No matter what your dream is, we all have a dream. Uh, and uh, and uh, when I found out the, the, the name of the campaign and, and I started watching uh, what they were doing, it, it, it truly uh, yeah, spoke to me. And uh, no matter what you do in life, I think we all have a dream somewhere. And uh, it's a matter of keep chasing it. So what's your dream now out of interest? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot there, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> you are. I didn't prepare you, sir. Thank you, Ed. Well, I have I have many dreams. Um, I, I indeed keep growing in in what I do. Uh, I, yeah, I think the the wrong side or, or the difficult side of of my job of who I am is the fact that I always want more uh, and I always work for more. Uh, I think uh, I haven't reached my my full potential, uh, and I hope not. Actually, <laughs> I hope I can keep on I can keep on growing in the Olympic in the Olympic world in the in the major events because this is really what means means a lot uh, for me, but also as a person, uh, I, I want to or, or I hope to be uh, an inspirational person if I can inspire anybody to, to keep uh, chasing their dream or, or trying to be a better person, uh, this is what I want to do. Absolutely, and I, I can vouch to that with regards to my journey. We've all got something, we don't talk about it often, but we've all got somewhere what we want to achieve within ourselves. and. Uh, I hope the listeners are enjoying this conversation. Amelia, out of interest though, what have you enjoyed, and I mean this word enjoyed, from your career journey looking back? Well, I've, I've enjoyed so many things. Um, I've enjoyed victories on the court. I've enjoyed uh, busy moments at work. Uh, when we just started this discussion today, you asked me how my day went and I said, very busy, uh, very busy, but enjoying it enjoying it because today I'm, I'm working on an amazing olympic campaign uh we are very busy with the tokyo games uh, arriving very fast finally arriving i'm enjoying being busy I'm, I'm enjoying also recognizing myself in what i do um you know I, I try to inspire people every day through my job through my personal uh, also aspect trying to inspire them to you know, to, to be better, uh, no matter what I do, trying to push that either 1% extra every day. And, and this is really what I, what I truly enjoy. 
I enjoy as well the pain, the pain of um, completely on a side note, personal note, I had some, some injuries um, these past years. And I really enjoyed the, the pain of, of growing every day and going through these injuries and getting better every day. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoy the journey. <laughs> I'm enjoying the journey, listening to your journey. I have to say, I find this fascinating. Look, Emil, I've so enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we're at a great stage. Now, you provided bags of guidance, I'd say, and tips, but I'd say guidance through your experiences, through your, your parents, of like your upbringing in playing sport, through your sister in competition. All these are learning lessons through sport, which we can apply to our career development. But for the listeners listening in, what three tips would you give to them right now with regards to pursuing a career in the sports industry, particularly in business from your experience? My first tip, and it's not just about the sports industry, it's really about anything you do. It's really why, why are you doing, what's your why, why you started something. And, and I say it every day to, to my friends and family, there is a reason why you started something. So remember this, and uh, if sport is your passion, then don't forget it, don't start you know, going off-road that will, that will not give you a reason why no changes, no risk will be worth taking if they're not sustainable and if they don't mean anything to you. Remember, the company that you're joining, uh, what is their goal? Is it the same goal as you? It might not be the same goal, but remember why you started and why you, you will choose or, or should choose this company or this industry. So, so this will be my, uh, my number one um, yeah, advice. Uh, the second advice is, is sport is such a, is such a broad uh, industry and, and uh, you can work in any, any type of, um, you can have any, any title working in the sports industry, whether it's about more about communication, whether it's more about finance, whether everything is open. It's a business where all the spots are open. So if you have the love for sports, don't worry, there is a place out there uh, for you. So keep, keep looking and maybe all the major events is not the is not your uh, your thing, but although it's just helping your your sports uh, your sports team in your city, go ahead. You will speak to people who are uh, sharing the same values as, as you. So so go uh, go uh, help them out. And then my my third one is trying to make an impact. And no matter what you do, because if you have the love for sport, it's because you want to have an impact, either it's for yourself or for your teammates. You want to have an impact. So Try to make an impact and make your, your journey worthwhile. Absolutely. Love those three tips. Know your why. Get involved because the sports industry is so broad. And finally, make an impact. Love that. I really do. And I've taken that as well just now from a learning perspective. Out of interest, how can people interact with you online? You can interact with me in, in any kind of way. I would say very, uh, very modern in a way that all social media, you type my name, you will find me on, on instagram on facebook on linkedin so uh, I'm, I'm out there google me amazing to all the listeners listening all those links will be on my website related to this blog post amelia it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today thank you very much thank you so much Ed. this is why i love podcasting and i really really do hope you enjoyed that conversation with amelia and there's so much i learned but the two biggest learning lessons i've taken from this with regards to today's podcast topic, I hope you've got a better understanding of the benefits of taking positive risks with regards to your own self-development internally. Not risks where it's like betting and putting all your chips in one basket, but really pushing yourself 
to your best ability, to your best potential. Like the one story that I love the most from Amelia is when she decided to work for that restaurant, get out her comfort zone, particularly after a career in tennis and accepting that she had to move on and then get involved with that bid for the Olympics representing France and getting that bid. And during that piece, she really explained the benefits of taking risk, which really enhanced her mindset, as I said, mental strength with regards to her own self-development. And I hope you can relate that to your sports career journey. And the second part I want to touch on is your education is a tool. I really enjoyed that when Amelia was saying how her degree has supported her now, but as a tool in what she's currently doing at Stonebridge with regards to the Olympic work she's doing there and the campaign with regards to that. And it it was just one of those conversations where everything came together on and off the tennis court. Or for you, it could be on and off the football pitch or in the gym, off the gym, or for me, running outside and working indoors. I'm trying to explain that. It's it's amazing what sport can teach us with life lessons. And hopefully you can relate that to your career journey. But finally, and it is said a lot on this show, but Amelia reminded me when I was listening to this and editing this podcast that having a why is crucial in regards to what you want to do in the sports industry. With regards to my why, I do this podcast show week in, week out. It may sound simple and it does get you so much from a self-development point of view, but really... If you don't have the why and what you want to do in the sports industry, you're not really pursuing what you want to do to your best ability. So look, I really do hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I'll be super grateful that if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate the show, leave an honest review. And this is why I podcast. I'd really appreciate that. But most importantly, really put into practice Amelia's career tips today and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Amelia said, risk is an opportunity. If you don't take a chance, you don't give yourself a chance for something great to happen.